0: Hey, what's up? Hello! Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, Little
1: Women. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod M- egg
0: that's true it's thematic and good it's thematic and good yes. uh thank you all for your patience as we were gone for a week and uh we're now a bi-coastal podcast it's true sarah's in la i am mm-hmm. on the other one on the other one yep mm-hmm. uh i had to spend a lot of time at the dmv today so that's very fun and good adulthood adulthood um, but here's the thing. I saw Little Women on Monday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, oh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, we're You're talking about Little Women. This. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the movie. It was a book. Listen. And listen, we take things. a week off and all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> also, by the way, thank you to all of our, or like, welcome, I guess, to all of our new listeners. We've been getting
0: hello a lot
1: lately. So,
0: hello. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this party, party train. Um, oh. okay. I watched Little Women. Was emotionally compromised um, yes. for reasons of arrowaceness. Uh, so I made Kayla watch. I was already going to go see it, but then I had to see it immediately. Yes. <laughs> so I saw um, it last night. Yeah, there has been some discussion on the internet about Joe March being an Arrow-ace icon. Okay.
1: We need to mm-hmm. go over the plot first. Yes. Because there's bound to be people who have no idea what this is at all.
0: Yeah. Spoilers ahead, but the book is hundreds of years old, so. It, yes, that's true. Okay. Do you want to <laughs> do
1: it? Do you want me to do it? Uh, you do it. Okay. Because I'm going to so, say a
0: lot of things later.
1: <laughs> it's true. Okay, so Little Women is a book. It was published in 1968 by Louis- Louisa May Alcott
0: wasn't really published that recently.
1: Yes. So
0: it was actually it published in
1: two parts. Years. The first part was Little Women, the second part was Little Wives, and then they were combined. Anyway, 1868 and eighteen. What did I say?
0: Oh, it was 1860. That's why I was like, there's no
1: way that's right. <laughs> I'm an idiot. It was, okay, importantly, <laughs> actually, it was 1868. Jesus Christ, sorry. Um, so basically, the plot follows this family, and it's a family that has four daughters, so four sisters in it. And the main daughter is Joe or Josephine March. And basically, just like, is a very domestic type story. Joe loves to write, she writes plays for her and her sisters all the time. Amy, Mm -hmm. the other sister, is a very fancy lady and likes to paint. Meg Mm -hmm. wants to be rich. And Beth is... is, Meg is the oldest. Meg is the oldest. None of this matters. Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. One of their next... So they're quite poor. Their father is off fighting in the Civil War for the North. The good side.
0: Well, they didn't... They weren't always poor. But because of circumstances, they are not doing as well financially as they have They're currently not doing great. That's how they were raised.
1: And their dad is off in the war currently. And then... Civil War. They Yeah, I said that. And then they come to know the boy him. who lives next door. So there's a very fancy, rich old man who lives next door, and his grandson lives with him. And his name is Theodore, but Teddy, but they call him Lori because his last Lori. name is Lawrence, whatever. And him and Joe are, like, BFFs. He's obviously in love with her from the beginning, but Joe has no interest at all in anyone. So yeah. that's basically the important part. Anyway, follows lots of years, many things happen lori is in the movie it jumps back and forth between like the present and the past and the Mm -hmm. present and the future whatever the book doesn't do that it goes in sequential order um so basically beth gets sick at one point with scarlet fever almost dies doesn't it's fine uh meg gets married to uh lori's tutor lori becomes really good friends with all the girls uh dad Mm. comes home from war uh after like almost dying um, mm-hmm. Lori is like, um, Joe, I'm in love with you. And she's like, no, thank you. And then also after Meg gets married, Amy goes to Europe with her fancy great aunt to be mm. a fancy lady. And then Joe runs off to New York. And then Lori gets sad and also goes to Europe. And then... um mm. because uh, well, his marriage proposal was declined. Because his marriage <laughs> proposal was declined. And then... Yeah uh beth gets sick again joe comes back beth dies amy comes back on the way back
0: marries laurie because while they were in europe they like fell in love or whatever even though amy was well, in love with him the whole time amy had always been in love with him and but, he had always been so blindsided by his love for joe that like he didn't really see her but right. then now he's like well joe's not an option <laughs> yes and at first uh, amy was like no i don't want to be your sloppy seconds but then she was like but actually, and she was I like i would love to be you. your sloppy <laughs> seconds <laughs> <laughs> uh, they come back, they're like, we're married, Joe is like,
1: uh, what the fuck for, I guess, we'll probably get into this later, that whole thing. We will. Uh, and then this professor that Joe was, like, friends, but also frenemies with from back in New York comes and is, like, hanging out and then leaves and then she runs after him and then they get married, which is another thing we'll talk about. Um, that was all very confusing, but you can look it up and it'll make more sense but also a lot of people are like required to read little women for school and it's also a very old book so yeah. i think the most important things are main character joe is like a mm-hmm. tomboy-esque lady Lori's in love mm-hmm. with her she frequently talks about how she never wants to get married all that kind of stuff yeah and we'll get yes begin
0: yeah like so joe to me is the kind of character that obviously she's not explicitly airways because this book was written in 1868 um and even in the greta gerwig adaptation of the film it's not like they're like oh look at this airways person but to me as an airways person it is impossible to watch that the greta gerwig adaptation of the story and not view joe is like indisputably airways (laughs) yeah i think every every everything she does is so so airways
1: there are so many things that she says in the movie book whatever that are things that Mm -hmm. you have literally said to me oh like
0: absolutely or like
1: situations we've been in the the asexual piece to me i feel like i could take or leave because it's not like sex is ever explicitly talked about right but aromantic is like
0: it's so obvious yeah yeah i so then here's here's the tea i cried for an hour watching this film i cried for half of the film i cried for all of it yes there are sad parts of the movie but like it's not like a lame is situation where like yeah you're meant to cry the whole time which i did by the way but um (laughs) i cried during happy parts in the beginning when they were just being sisters i already was crying (laughs) <laughs> um yeah but the thing is is once i started crying i did not stop mm-hmm. at all uh and i was like i don't know what to do with this information i can't find my napkins i don't you know what <laughs> going on um but here's so here's the rundown of why this affected me so much it also goes hand in hand with um a fan fiction i read recently <laughs> wait so, can i ask you something yeah
1: is this the first little women encounter you've had mhm it is interesting okay Yeah. Can I tell you something about this movie? Yeah. That you might know? Um, So, obviously, it going back and forth between time periods is not how the book was. Right. Um, They also, in this adaptation, and you might know this, but maybe other people don't, they, so the book is loosely based on the author's life. It's probably pretty Mm -hmm. accurate, but who's to say? It's loosely based on her life and her sister's. Yeah. Um, and so in the Greta Gerwig film that just came out, they took details that were later discovered about the author's life and wove those into the movie. so at stan. So at the end of the movie, when she is getting her book, Little Women, published, um, she has this conversation with the publisher about how there needs to be a romantic ending. So the character of Joe goes to the publisher, and in the end... Joe does not marry the professor, and the guy is like, she needs to marry someone. Women, in this time period, want to see other women getting married. You need to have Mm -hmm. them get married. So, she writes that ending. This is, I think, extremely important and good. My previous previous exposure to Little Women is seeing the musical, and she Mm -hmm. obviously marries the professor in that. So, in the original Mm -hmm. Little Women, she just, you know, she marries him. There's nothing... You know, there's no big discussion about, I mean, I don't remember. There's probably discussion about the book getting published. But, like, will yeah. there, won't there be a romantic ending? It's never talked about. There just is mm-hmm. that romantic ending. Yeah. um, And so, to me, that's a huge part in, like, because they, I guess, they knew that this lady had, that he had either had this conversation or never actually got married, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, to me, that's extremely important because her marrying the professor yeah. literally never makes made
0: sense when I have ever encountered little women when when that was like when she was like chasing after him I was like crying because it was wrong like yeah I I think was upset because it felt so wrong
1: and a lot of people that read little women I feel like think that and even in the book or in the movie she's like okay but like the whole time this character's been talking about how she doesn't want to get married this doesn't make sense and the guy's like I don't care you have to end it that way so for yeah. me, that was huge because the whole movie I was like, "She's so aromantic. How are they possibly going yeah. to end this movie with her marrying the professor?" Like most of them, and they do show her marrying the professor, but it kind of shows it as like, "Okay, here's what happens in the fiction." They mm-hmm. never explicitly say that the character actually right. does. So it's it, this very, it was... it's this very interesting in between of like, what if are we seeing her Joe's real life? Or what Joe wrote in the novel, which is, like, very meta because the movie is the novel. But, like, so it's, like, this very meta thing. But I think that's very important to know if you have previous exposure with Little Women or if this was your first time seeing it, that that whole thing is an add-on with this movie. But I think it's very important, especially for seeing Joe as aromantic.
0: It's definitely, like, a commentary on, like, the, what we see in the movie, reflects what the publisher is making joe do it's like a vicious right. cycle like and so that was the one thing that like although her getting with the professor felt so wrong to me and at first i was very upset but then i kind of saw what was happening like mm-hmm. with her like talking to the publisher and i was like okay so this isn't really happening like right she's like, just doing what she has to, right. to get through
1: yeah. Right. And I think it adds even more to the commentary of kind of like the feminism of the piece. I mean, a lot of the movie talks about like how it was an economic necessity for women to marry rich and like how women couldn't make their own money. And then Joe mm-hmm. was actually able to make her own money, which was huge, but mm-hmm. obviously had to do it like in the way that this publisher man wanted her to. So it really, I mean, yeah. in all areas, that addition to the movie adds so much and makes the weird ending with her marrying the professor in the actual book make sense it makes anyway. sense
0: yeah C- um okay me crying okay so twice in the past week have i watched or read something that made me cry because of the ace representation or the arrow representation this is true. Guess, more specifically um that has never happened to me before <laughs> i know that in the last episode we talked about like improved like a spec in media but i as i'm sure some of you know i've never really watched any of that because some of it we mean to and we just haven't done yet but (laughs) i was also never like drawn to those shows i didn't like feel the need to watch the shows just for the rep because i didn't necessarily see myself in them because it was often just ace or something else under the ace umbrella not arrow specifically um and I feel like my arrow identity has a greater impact on my life than my ace one does. Which is um, interesting, because we talk about it much less. We do. Um, and, like, when it comes to my own personal identity, I do have the tendency to do what allos often do, and I kind of lump the arrow and the aceness together. Um, I kind of conflate them. They're, they feel the same to me. But, you know... That's not totally true, it's just kind of how it gets. it's the easiest way to talk about it. Um, like, the way I view myself and the way I experience attraction or don't experience attraction is that I'm not romantically attracted to people, and therefore I'm not sexually attracted to people, and I know it's not automatically a therefore situation. Although, for demi-people it might be, because, you know, the orientations are more closely linked because of what being demi means. But to me... It kind of feels like it is because, like, I know for sure that I'm ace. I've waffled a little bit more in my arrowness, But if I don't feel romantic attraction to someone, I definitely don't feel sexually attracted to them. (laughs) Like, it's like if I don't jump the arrow hurdle, I know for a fact I'm not going to jump the ace hurdle. And so my arrowness as a person is just kind of more obvious in the public sphere as well. Um, like, society assumes, for the most part, that dating comes before sex, and so if I'm not dating anyone, people are less likely to ask me about sex, or if they do, it's more of a taboo sort of thing. But seeking out romantic relationships and wanting those things is an expectation, and I will get asked about that. So people will not necessarily notice if I'm not fucking someone, but they will notice if I'm not dating people. So, that's the the preamble for- this. Sure. Um, in, in addition to Little Women, the other thing that made me cry, just to give a little bit of background, is it was a fan fiction, because what else would I do with my life? Um, and it was basically a character study um, where someone was Arrowace. In canon, they're not Arrowace, but they were interpreting it that way. Um, and they were at their friend's wedding, and she was really, really happy for her friend's But there was also kind of reflecting on the fact that, like, she's been told her whole life that marriage, what she's watching right now, is what she should aspire to, but she doesn't want that. And, like, she loves her friends and her family, and those are the people that matter to her, but she's in, like, the self-reflection of this character study fic whatever... Um, she's, like, asking herself, like, okay, why do I have to be in a relationship? Like, I can watch my friends be in relationships and be in love, and I can genuinely be happy for them and love their love and their wedding and their happiness without wanting that for myself. Um, and it was, like, it was only, like, 2k. It was not that long. I cried twice. (laughs) And I left a comment, and I was, like, what have you done to me? Um, but, so then that closely followed by little women was just a lot for me <laughs> um and Kayla knows this I um after I watched the movie I came home and I had a lot of thoughts and I didn't think I was going to be able to type them fast enough so I recorded like a 15 minute long video of me just like rambling and then I had to like transcribe it to, to it write a notes for this episode <laughs> um but I'm gonna walk you through some of the things that were like standing out to me at that time I am assuming that stuff you're gonna talk about I will
1: but I will I will preamble with this Mm -hmm. is I also cried and I cry at everything including every movie so that's a (laughs) surprise what I will say so I had talked to Sarah a bit before and she told me that Mm -hmm. she had cried about it and gotten very emotional so what I will say, and you're going to hate this, Sarah, and it's, Mm. sorry, but a lot of the times when I was crying during, like, some key aromantic moments, I didn't feel like I was crying for me or for Joe. I was crying for you because... so dramatic. I know, (laughs) but, like, I don't know how to explain it any other way, but I, like... Yeah. Not that you've never, like, explained things that you've gone through before or, like, that I don't understand them, but you're not one to get very emotional or very deep often and so this was almost like the only way for me to like really see that kind of stuff so at some of these moments i was like had a greater understanding of stuff that like you've dealt with or like talked about in like a deeper way than i felt it before if that makes sense
0: it does i have no idea how to react to it but it does make sense i told you you were going to hate it
1: But, like, I really did... Well, because... And when I was watching it and realizing, like, how great of an aromantic, maybe asexual, whatever... It's just so
0: specific. It's so good.
1: Well, yeah. But it made me so happy for you and for, like, other aromantic people. Like, Mm because obviously I'm not aromantic, so, like, that's not as huge of a thing for me. Though, obviously, I'm very excited about the rep. Like, it's obviously something I care very deeply about. But I was just so
0: happy for you. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I knew how exciting it was for you right and that's I always want to talk about this later but you know what I'll talk about it now um so before encountering these two pieces of media like this this was the first time I genuinely saw myself in a character um that had never really happened before and before now I had I had known how important representation was from a more objective standpoint um like i i was like okay i support you know increased representation of marginalized groups because i support these marginalized groups and i think it's important that we see them and that we're exposed to them and that they are shown in complex three-dimensional ways um but i had never really experienced it myself firsthand maybe with the exception of captain marvel like female superhero having her own movie that got me but um like, I had never really felt, like, true representation of my arrowness, And it's not that I didn't realize that. Guys, I'm so sorry for all the car alarms going off. Um, it's, it's not that I didn't realize that I hadn't been seeing that representation for myself. It's just that I didn't think I was missing out because... By the time I got to the point where I realized that this representation was missing, like, I was already at the point where I was very solid in what I was and how I identified, and so I was like okay, I feel good about this. Like, I don't need to see this representation. I don't need to see myself in this to figure myself out, necessarily. And so I knew that, like, if I saw good Arrow representation, like, I would be happy for the rest of the world. Like, kind of like you were saying when you were watching. (laughs) When you were watching, like, that's how I thought I would feel. Mm -hmm. uh, That, like, wouldn't necessarily impact myself. And then I would just, like, hope that that representation would make, like, life better for other people, for other Baby Arrows, that sort of thing. But now, I... Understand it in a much more grounded way because I watched Little Women and I fucking cried for an hour straight because <laughs> for the first time I like actually felt seen because like it's just you if you're not Arrow it's something that you probably don't think about yeah how how pervasive romantic love is in society and I think. These two situations were two places where, for the first time, I felt like someone in media—not just like in real, but in real life, but like in something I was watching—in an interpretation of a book that was done in the modern day that a bunch of people are gonna watch. Like someone got it; like they had it right. Um, and I mentioned that I commented on that fan fiction, and I told the person I was like, I don't know if you're a but like you nailed it. Like, this is it. And the person was like, I'm not, but thank you so much. Whoa, that <laughs> um, is crazy that they were Yeah. It. Yeah. They, they said they were writing it for their friend who Aww, was, stop. um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and like, I personally have never really known someone or that's not true. I've never known someone super well, who is Arrow Ace and feels on the same page as me and, like, has the same difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've known them in passing or, like, I've spoken to them, like, online through the podcast or other things, but, like, I've never really had, like, a super close, like, relationship with anyone who understands that. And so watching it was like, oh, shit. Like, no, I'm not the only one because, you know, when when you're Arrow, you're used to being the only Arrow around, but that doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> it does. And so being able to see yourself in mass media or a little fanfic is we should link that fanfic. It, we I will. It's shits creek, because of course it is. <laughs> oh my um, God. It's about it's about Stevie. We stand. Um uh we'll, we'll link it. Um <laughs> but <laughs> I it just I was like holy fuck, I feel seen and I don't know what to do except cry about it. Well, and also, like, like I said, we talk about this
1: kind of stuff literally every week. And, Mm -hmm. like, you're, like, probably my closest friend. And it just shows you're welcome just like the (laughs) power and i I studied media yes i was in a feminism class like obviously this is a thing that i knew too but like the power of i am so in this community and you would think i would understand so well but movies are still so powerful that this Mm -hmm. is the thing that really drove it home for me because like there's something about seeing someone's entire life on a big screen portrayed by amazing actors and written well that, like, mm-hmm. can really help you empathize and sympathize with someone in a really deep way. And, mm-hmm. like, especially, like, like I, the character in the movie is very emotional and kind of open about talking about this stuff in a way that, like, mm-hmm. you aren't. No offense, but, like, that's I just, am in my own
0: head, just well, not sure. with other people. Well, no, I yeah. know.
1: And, like, that's... Uh, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. But yeah. it's still, like... It still shows even if you know someone that's arrow, you're really good friends with them, like, representation is still so important because it
0: can help you even more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, sidebar, not only is it really great arrow representation, it's Sersha fucking Ronan. I love her so, so much to begin just with. It's very good. Oh, anyway. <laughs> also, I'm now in love with Florence Pugh, so. Which one is that? Um, Amy. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah. Um... And Emma Watson, of course, we know. And I realized that the girl who played Beth looked like my host sister in Germany. I spent like oh, half cute. the movie, ha- half the movie crying, half the movie trying to figure out who she looked like. Oh my um, god! Anyway, <laughs> which little <girl laughs> woman do you think I am? Meg. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I know. I I know. I kind of hesitated when I said it, but the thought did not hesitate when it came to my mind. <laughs> okay. I also thought I was a Meg. Anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely Joe hundo p joe she's a writer bitch so much going on there anyway anyway um (laughs) anyway where was i and like yes we made a musical that was about being airways well yeah um oh actually i did
1: i did have that thought during the movie of like oh we kind of snatched
0: the plot of little women a little bit (laughs) Well, I I had never read it. So. I know. No, Three I nines. know.
1: It just is kind <laughs> of similar. And I was like, OT. But
0: you had never read it all, and you wrote the music. All stuff. plots are the same. Let's be real. That's so um, fair. Anyway. Nothing's original. Um, that was... I could see how that might be important to other people, like, to be able to see that sort of thing. But for me, it didn't feel as powerful because I had made it. Like, it's a sort of situation where it's like, you know, if what you want isn't out in the world, like, make it yourself, and, like, yeah, it's cool, because we did that, but also, I didn't have the experience of, like, being able to watch someone else get it for the first, like, yeah, like, it was, like, the person I'm identifying with is myself, because you wrote yourself into the music because I wrote it, (laughs) and, and that's, that's less impactful, so to be able to see that, like, other people get it, Helped it kind of settle into like, oh, I understand this better now. Yeah. Um, do you want me to walk through all the things I relate to with Joe? Yes, I think we should go over like the most arrow moments. Okay. I have. Two. I, I'm kind of curious as to what you. Th- yeah. Do yours first.
1: Okay. My two are at least the ones I wrote down are one. So when Meg, the oldest sister, gets married, Joe <laughs> is really really upset, and she's like. They're, like, getting ready for the wedding. Joe is like, Meg, we can run away together. Like, we can go. We can, like, make our own money. We can, like, you don't have to get married. You don't have to do this. And Meg is like, Joe, like, I want to get married. I want to marry. Mm -hmm. What's his face? And Joe is, like, just distraught. She's like, I don't want to. John? Is his name John? I was thinking that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But Joe is just distraught. She's like, I don't want to lose you. You're leaving me. Childhood is over. And I was like... Mm -hmm. Sarah and I have talked about how she's afraid that she'll lose everyone once they get married. So that and you've was like been the Meg and I've been the Joe. <laughs> yes. Like we are literally Meg and Joe. Um <laughs> Yeah. So that was the first one because I was like, Wait, Sarah, I have things to say about that. Okay. Can I expand? That was Yeah, okay. No, you actually can't
0: <laughs> No, you can't speak. Um, okay. That was a big thing for me because I think that's a very specifically arrow feeling. And it's not that other people might not feel upset if people close to them get married because they're, you know, they are going to spend a lot more time, ne- possibly, on this relationship and maybe less time with you. But I think that specific, like, fear that, like, they're going to just, like, straight up leave you is very Arrow. Um, I think, and I think people who are romantic, who might kind of also be in a similar situation, it's a little bit of a different situation from my perspective not that I'm Aloe and would know um but it it feels to me like if you're Aloe in that situation it's partially like yes you feel like you're losing the person but it's also I think a little bit of jealousy like I hope to have that someday like I you know I don't want to be the one single one while all of my friends are married like I want to have that for myself but when you're arrow, it's like I know I'm not going to have that someday. And yes, QPRs are a thing. <laughs> I not good, don't want to go over that. But like... Go over? I don't want to brush over? Whatever. You don't want to take matter. away from
1: the importance and reality of those.
0: Yes. But here's the thing. Is that like my own perspective and listeners, if you have a different perspective, I hope you do, honestly. But... <laughs> Sorry about it. Uh, I, for me, like, when I think of a QPR, I'm like, what are the actual odds? Like, what are the odds? Well, because you
1: aren't... I would actually... You're not super like, interested in QPRs anyway.
0: Yeah, well, because it's like, I'm, like, the person I would need in it's a me. QPR with me... Interesting. Interesting. Um, would <laughs> probably also be Arrow Ace. Sure. Or a person who's, like, perfectly content not having romantic and sexual relationships and they'd have to be a person I got along with very well like like and a person that I liked a lot like what are the like there are so few airways people yeah like what are the odds and so like I know I'm gonna die alone and that's chill and I can be really happy for my friends getting married but still be afraid that said friends are going to leave me and like because I I know that I'm probably never gonna have a partner like that like There's just the fear that, like, they're gonna leave me, and I'll be alone, and that alone is the same as being lonely, and it'll be sad, and everyone will have left me because they like their significant others more than me, and that is definitely what Joe is experiencing in that scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like, she's very, and, like, Meg even says, like, oh, one day this will be you, and Joe is like, no, probably not. I don't, I don't want it to be me. (laughs) No, she literally was, she said something about, like, I'd rather be a spinster and, like, paddle my own canoe or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think one of the big things that that scene really grasps grasps well is not just like, oh, I feel like I'm being left alone. It's also like, it feels like this person is picking their romantic relationship over me. Like, they're choosing to marry this person and spend more time with this person because they like that person more than they like me. And I think that was definitely an insecurity that was kind of shown when Joe was like, you don't have to do this. Like we should, we can leave. And Meg was like, no, I, I want to do this. And Joe was like, but also no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And I think obviously like she was still a young person at that point, And it, I think it yeah. also just shows that like, and even Meg tells her, like, just because my dreams are yours doesn't mean they're not dreams. It's also just, like, a very much so, like, a learning moment of a mm-hmm. young person coming to understand that, like, other people mm-hmm. have different ideas than
0: them, which... Just because Meg's dreams are different than hers. You said, just because my dreams are yours. <laughs> whatever. You're doing great. It's <laughs> fine. But I
1: think, like, obviously in that moment it was Joe learning that lesson, but I think that's a lesson mm-hmm. that, like, a lot of aloes could...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Use absolutely. What was your other thing that you wrote down that was very okay? Early?
1: Well, I guess now the other one would be like her. Now I'm thinking of a different one, which is another one, which is this of like her mm-hmm. re- um rejecting Laurie's proposal. Um, that was
0: another thing I
1: which like I guess I brushed over it because it was like obviously she was going to reject him, but when rejecting him, she did talk about a lot of things of like I don't think I'm ever going to get married and like I. Can, literally can't love you like it i just mm-hmm. like she was i think at one point she said i tried and it didn't work and yeah. he was like you're gonna fall in love with someone else and marry them and i'm gonna have to watch and she's like i don't think so like i really
0: don't think i'm ever gonna get married it's really not about you um mm-hmm. and like he no. feels like it's about him and that's not his fault necessarily that like no. he feels hurt by this it's just that like he especially because they don't have the language to be like i'm arrow yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't have a real way to explain to him that like because here's the deal here's here's the thing that i i thought was very important with this scene is that she loves Lori. like she loves him a lot mm-hmm. but she doesn't love him in the way he wants her to because she can't you're totally right this is the plot of bloom um yes and, <laughs> childhood, friends and childhood friends who childhood friends me <laughs> um but like and so, like, when Laurie goes off and marries Amy, like, it still hurts because Joe does love him, and Amy can be something for him that she could never be, and that makes her sad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because she's Arrow doesn't mean she can't mourn the life she could have had with Lori. I mean, you could say, like, she's mourning it because it's, you know... If she were different, it's the life she would have had. But it doesn't even have to be that. It could just be, like, if she had married him anyway. Right. And I think the movie does go
1: into that, too. And that was Mm -hmm. the other scene that I had.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the women scene
1: yes so she's me too we're on the same page good um so there's a part like she comes home because beth is sick and she's like spending time with her family whatever she wants to give up writing because the stupid professor told her she sucked anyway but she's talking to her mom and she's like i think i was too soon in rejecting him like i shouldn't have rejected Lori. like Mm -hmm. whatever and her mom is like well do you love him and she was like well i don't know it's more like i want to be loved and blah 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 whatever And there's this, like, really powerful moment where she's talking about, like, women are more than their hearts. They have souls. They have minds. They're worth, like, they're for more than just getting married. And no one understands Mm that. And she talks about how she's just so lonely. She's so lonely. Mm -hmm. And that I, like, was sobbing at that because it is so powerful. And then she goes and she writes Lori a letter about how, like, I'll marry you, like, I'm sorry I rejected you, blah blah blah. I married you. Luckily he doesn't get the letter, but then he comes home right after and is like, I married your sister. Which is I think yeah. another reason why she's very shocked because and right. probably relieved because she probably realizes like, oh good. But Yeah. It's there's a lot in that scene because even her mom knows like you don't love him, you shouldn't do this, like wanting to be loved and like loving right. someone is
0: different. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean I totally understand that she was like like, why she was willing to marry Lori, Because society expects certain things of you. And if, you know, if Lori knew that she didn't love him in the way that he wanted her to, which he, he did know that. And if he still wanted to marry her anyway, which was kind of the implication during the proposal scene. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been, like, as close as she could get yeah. to like, what society expects of you or what society puts on this pedestal and thinks is good. Like, you know, she, like, that would have been her best attempt, you know? And the thing is, is she would have been happy that way, too. It's not like it was just, like, oh, look, to the outside world... I, I look like I'm quote-unquote normal. Like, she would have been happy married to him. It's just she would not have been able to give him what he necessarily wanted from a wife. Um, right. But right. Although he does love her.
1: Right. And I don't even necessarily know that she would be super happy. Obviously, they're very good friends. They get along very yeah. well. But, like, she consistently talks about how she doesn't want to get married. She loves being free. She wants to make her own way in the world. So... I don't even know that she would be mm-hmm. happy because she would have to have children. Because that's, you that's can't get married and not have children back then. Lori's also very rich. She would have to be, like, a fancy lady. You see earlier yeah. in the movie that she doesn't like being fancy. She doesn't like like going to balls and dancing and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't even know that she would be happy. But I do, I think it was a really powerful moment of her almost caving And saying, I know I, like, she clearly knows she doesn't love him. She isn't even able to lie to her mother and say she loves him. But she's willing to do it anyway because she's so lonely because one of her sisters Mm -hmm. is dead, one is in France, and the other is married with kids. And then there's her mom, and now she can't write anymore because the professor's a dick. So, like, what does she
0: have left except for Lori to fall back on? Yeah, and when I was saying that, like, she would be happy with him, I guess you're right in the sense that, like, she wouldn't be happy in a married life, but if she had to be married to anyone, oh, sure. Lori is who she would be happy. with. It's the best with. option, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you not know, not that dick that professor. professor. Not that dick professor. Well, um, he's and, well, he's, him. He's not, okay, I don't know that he's totally a dick. If he's you, he's just
1: very blunt. The way he's portrayed in the musical, which is the only other version of Little Women I've seen,
0: he's kind yeah. of a dick. Huh. Okay, that's fun. um, well, anyway, <laughs> um, but like, you know, and that like the her being so lonely thing, I was like, I get that because like that's what when you're arrow, that's what it feels like is like like what I said earlier about like, um like not wanting your friends to leave you at the beginning of the movie when she's like. And she's telling Meg, like, oh, like, you don't have to do it. We can run away. Like, that's her being, like, afraid for the future of, like, people leaving her. Mm-hmm. But then in that scene where she's talking to her mom and she's like, I'm so lonely. Like, I would marry Lori, That's, like, the manifestation of what happens when you're, like, all the people closest to you do kind of leave you. And I think in the modern day, that's less of a thing or it doesn't have to be I, as much of a thing see i I even wonder because i'm kind
1: of relating it to and i know like you never did this of like you never dated anyone when you were still questioning but the amount mm-hmm. of like gay people that are like i was like in my mind i was like i might be gay but i dated women anyway or i dated men anyway mm-hmm. to me that's like mm-hmm. kind of the modern version of that is like
0: Yeah, you might
1: know or like have an inkling or a gut feeling that like that's Mm -hmm. not really what you want but you date whoever anyway to like repress it or to prove something or just so you don't have to deal with how hard it is
0: yeah and i i think in modern society although social norms tell you that it still is like the right thing to get married and have kids or whatever um There's less shame for not doing it than Mm -hmm. there was in the time that, like, this was written and when it takes place. And so I think what happens to Joe and, like, the loneliness that happens because of it is just, like, an example of what would happen if you do kind of impose those social norms on yourself. Or if the people around you impose them on you. Um, And so, like, it's definitely a show of, like... Like, I don't necessarily feel, like, currently in my life like Joe does in that scene. But, like, I'm in constant fear of feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yep. And also, the the other minor thing that you kind of mentioned from that scene where, like, she's saying that, like, women have always existed as, in, like, as individuals, like... I think another important thing from this movie, which we actually touched on a little bit uh, in the self-partnered episode where we are talking about Emma Watson, um, is about how Emma Watson plays Meg, and it took her, like, some time to kind of come to terms and understand that, like, what Meg wants is to get married and have kids. And mm-hmm. you can want different things, and that can all be okay. And, yeah, the publisher is still going to push it on you that, you know, you the character has to get married at the end of the book. And that sucks so bad. But it doesn't have to stay that way. And, you know, now that we're 150 years in the future, like, we can keep pushing to make sure it doesn't, we don't stall in a place where that's the norm.
1: Yeah, and that, like, that sentiment, I think, obviously this movie was very feminist. But I think that Mm -hmm. sentiment especially struck me as incredibly, like, the good kind of feminist, not, like, the white or, like, the Mm -hmm. commercialized version of feminist is i think a lot Mm -hmm. of people might look at women who like get married or have kids as like well you're not a feminist because you know xyz you're not a pure feminist but there's you know the higher more ascended more galaxy brain of feminists where it's Mm -hmm. like (laughs) no even if a woman wants quote-unquote traditional things like they can still have these values they're you know th- mm-hmm. what they want is just different and they exhibit their ideas and their values in different ways
0: mm-hmm. and i think in another adaptation of this story amy could very easily be made out to be like a villain of some sort oh for but sure but in greta gerberg's adaptation she's not and i think that's really important because like amy like all of the other sisters everyone else in the story is just doing her best. (laughs) No, there's a scene where the grandmother
1: or the great aunt literally talks to young Amy and is like, your sisters are all stupid. To save your family, you have to marry rich. And she just like says this to Amy and Amy is very clearly clearly shaken. And like it still affects her later. She later is like very stressed. She internalizes it. Yeah, she's very stressed about like the economics of getting married. She thinks about it a Mm -hmm. lot. She's very stressed about it. But like... So, yeah, even though, like, you could easily interpret her as, like, a villain, like, oh, she just wants to marry rich, oh, she steals Lori, all this stuff, but, Mm -hmm. like, no.
0: And she has that conversation with Lori where she's like, you know, it's easy for you because you're a man and you're rich, but Mm -hmm. for someone like me, I'm a woman, I, there are very few ways for women to make their way Yeah, because he's like, oh, if
1: you like painting, you should just paint and be fine and like you don't have to marry this other guy fred and she's like no it's not as easy as that like you can't yeah. just go around willy-nilly like making decisions when you're a woman like you might get to binge mm-hmm. drink and do nothing all day
0: but like right <laughs> excuse me yeah and like does she really love fred nope. no but was she straight up about to marry him anyway because uh-huh. it was the right thing for her life and her family yeah because her family
1: needed money, and no one else in her family was gonna like marry into money, and she knew that. Yeah, yeah.
0: The whole thing. Ugh. I mean,
1: like, a romantic stuff aside, the, like, there is just so much good stuff in the movie. That's like there is. incredibly feminist, and like, is still very like it's a book from the 1800s, but it's still so relevant.
0: It is, and it it really celebrates platonic relationships. It celebrates the familial relationships. Um, like, women supporting each
1: other. Absolutely, yeah. Like, she, Joe could have easily hated Amy and been like, I'm never talking to you again. Like, there are times in the movies where the sisters fight, obviously, because they're sisters, but, like. Yeah. And then, at the end, Joe was like, I'm gonna open a school for girls, because girls should get educated Mm -hmm. and, like, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's even talk in the movie about, like, how it's hard when girls who are richer than you are, like, kind of nasty to you and you feel very peer pressured. Like, there's just so Mm -hmm. much stuff. That's, yeah. like, just, it's, oh, oh, it's so good.
0: Guys, you should watch this movie if you haven't already. Right. I if need you to have, read it. This makes me want to again. read it really bad. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> book club. Book club. Don't tell Amanda. Don't tell Amanda. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> no, we're not doing her book first. Um. um
1: yeah, it's, I mean, it's just. <gasps> yeah.
0: <gasps> That's kind of all I had to say. Yes, a lot of crying ensued, yes. especially, especially, especially if you're Arrow. Please watch this movie. During the scene um, where she's like, "I'm so lonely," I was straight up sobbing. Like oh, it was man. horrible. It was ugly like, and horrible. Yeah. Or if did you know go someone... see this alone? I was with Aaron. Oh, I
1: also saw. I, and then never mind. I saw it alone, and it's the first time I ever saw a movie alone.
0: And I was like, "This oh. is good" because I look ugly as hell. Yeah. No, I saw it with Aaron, our friend Aaron, who wrote the music for Bloom.
1: And it was on um, a
0: pod episode once. She was on a pod episode about bisexuality. Um and at the end of the movie, I just look at her and I go, "Aaron, I've been crying for an hour straight, and she goes, <laughs> Oh no <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but uh what where what were we saying? That you simply must see it. You just must You simply must see it. If you have someone close to you in your life who is arrow Definitely watch it. It, I think, will help you understand them a lot better and understand their insecurities and what they struggle with. It so does.
1: As someone who isn't Arrow and knows someone Arrow, like it was, like it really, it really did.
0: Yeah. It's also just a good fucking movie and it's directed by Greta Garrigan. She's a queen.
1: And she got snubbed, so.
0: She always gets snubs. Women always get snubs. I don't want to talk about it. Also, I'm just going to note that all the examples I've given in this episode of People I Relate To have been white women, and let's change that.
1: That's fair. I saw there was some dumb discourse about how, like, little women isn't, like, diverse racially, and it's like, okay, well, first of all, it was written about the Civil War era. We don't need little women to be diverse. We need stories that are about women who are diverse.
0: Yeah, and also, like, there's, it's not- a major plot point but like they do talk about like how their slavery's family is bad. like yeah they, slavery is bad <laughs> like their family is on the right <laughs> big, side of big, things. News, big, big news y'all big news um but it's just like that's not the focus of the story and basically all this is to say that people we should have things that are about diverse people yes that are not just like added as an afterthought but like the story is about them little mm-hmm. women just you would have to redo the entire story if you were to make them people of color.
1: Well, it would just simply not be during work. the Civil War era.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or it would have to be just, like, in a different country. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's the tea. Please go see Little Women. Um, what's our poll for this week? Have you little seen women? Little Women? <laughs>
1: uh, is? Uh, how much did you cry? Um, So much. Do you read Joe March... I got a headache afterwards. I had a headache this morning. I think it was from crying. <laughs> um, do you read Joe March, the main character of Little Women, to be a romantic? Sure, uh Sure. To be aromantic asexual. Yes. The answer is yes.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> what is your beef and juice this week?
1: Uh, oh, my God. There's a lot, but uh, my... Juice is Little Women, and also I bought myself a paint-by-number for adults, and I'm excited to do it. Um, uh, My beef is... I had a headache this morning. It sucked, and also I just came home after... I just came back to, like, Connecticut after being home for the holidays, and I have, like, post-holiday depression, and -hmm. also other stuff, and it Um, would not recommend.
0: I now have California license plates and a California ID and all Rose. that kind of- Oh my god, I almost just dropped my microphone. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> my microphone is rejecting California. Okay. What? What the hell? <laughs> well, there was a plane anyway, so. Uh, but I, like, still have not really internalized the fact that I live here. Yeah. Um, That does have to do with my beef, though. Can I tell you my beef? No. My beef is, <laughs> is that the state of California wouldn't let me get a real ID. So in the United States, starting in October of 2020... Oh my god, I'm so
1: annoyed by this.
0: Travel on a plane, you have to have something called real ID. It's just a fucking star on your driver's license. So That's fucking all dumb. it is. My Michigan license plate... License plate? My Michigan ID already has Real ID. I already have the star. But the state of California wouldn't let me get the star because I didn't have paper copies of bills with my name and address on them because I haven't paid the bills yet because I've been here for a week. Good. And... You had to have one proof of address to get your license, but you had to have two to get your license with real ID, and I just didn't have two, and then once I got there, I realized that I had renter's insurance that I could use, but she was like, no, it has to be printed out, and if you leave to print it and come back, you'll have to get it at the end of the line. And I was like, what the fuck? Also, I don't have a printer. To get my other stuff printed, I had to ask Erin to print it at her work. Good. And then, (laughs) I had to drive to Beverly Hills to get it, because when I saw her a few days before, in a more convenient location, when we saw Little Women, we both had forgotten about it. (laughs) Good. Um, and I was like, bitch, there is no fucking way I am gonna go through all of this again just to get a fucking star. Also, in Michigan, it's just like a, you know, this- it's a yellow circle and there's like a cutout of a star. In California, it's like the California the bear. bear and then and then the cutout of the star, but the cutout of the star is like in the butt. It's like a bear with a star in its butt. And I was like, bitch, I will go without the stupid yellow star, and I will just use my passport card every time I go to the goddamn airport oh, that's so fair. until I need to renew my license again because I'm not doing this. Fair. <laughs> and if they don't like that, I still have my Michigan license, which is technically still valid, which it won't really be because I'll have a California one, but it's not like they scan it. They just look at it. True. Also, my car doesn't have holes for a front license plate, um, which I was reading on the internet about this, and they were like, most states require a front license plate. Why do cars not have them? And I was like, I'll tell you why, because these cars are designed in Michigan, where it is not required to have a front license didn't plate. didn't even know <laughs> that some states made you have that. That's wild. Oh, most states do. Oh, Fun. I'm not sure if it's most states population-wise. No, it has to be most states population-wise because California and New York both require it. But it's, I don't have holes and so I, I like, I started to put my California plates on my car and then I had to put my Michigan plate back on because I was talking to my dad and I could not put the front plate on and you can't drive around with just one plate on. Although people in California like to drive around with no plates, so who knows? Uh Uh-huh. What's your juice?
1: I already did my both. I did both of them.
0: I got distracted. We need to wrap this up. I have a mall to go to. Sorry. My juice's is Fleabag, the TV show season two, was fucking amazing. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a genius. I know this is old news, but, like, I finally watched it, and holy fucking shit, it's so good. Um, Harry Styles wearing- wa- what? Well, no, no, no. My other juice is Harry Styles watching someone's dog so that they could go to a restaurant to pick up their carryout. Um, because the restaurant didn't let dogs come in, and the person was like, "I have my dog. I need to get my food." And Harry Styles was just like, "I'll watch your dog." That's wild. We love it. That's my juice and my beef. That's the tea. <laughs> All right. Um, you can tell us about your beef, your juice, your love of Little Women. Um, on our social media at Sounds Pod. We also have a Patreon. Um, for those of you who are patrons, we did put a post up recently asking a question about possibly changing some perks um that's not in effect this episode but it probably will be next episode so if you have if you're a patron and you have thoughts on that that you'd like to share please look at our patreon um contribute to the conversation we have been taking people's thoughts into consideration um but we're just getting to the point where we have so many patrons that it's hard which to is them a great episodes.
1: problem to have it's a great Obviously. thing <laughs> yeah but, and we've gotten but. a lot more recently as like we've been getting a lot new a lot of new listeners recently because we've had some people tweet mm-hmm. and instagram about, about us which is amazing and awesome but it's
0: a lot yeah. you guys are too good yeah you really are like in our doc where we it's have so like the patrons and stuff. It's like two pages worth. Which is insane. I mean it's like each one gets their own line, but it's still it's a lot. <laughs> two pages worth. It's a lot. Um, so our two dollar patrons are Keith McBlain, Roxanne, Alice is in space, anonymous, Mariah Walter, Jonathan, Christopher T. Verdieri, Patrick Jackson, Andrew Yang, Ninny, Courtney Jones, Eric B. Amanda Juntin, and Maddie, Purple Haze, Blizzinator, Dia Chappelle, Drew Yangy. These are all new ones. This is so exciting. I've never I've never read them before. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Chet Koskis, that's my guess, Jennifer Rosenbloom, Jonathan, Cara B, Martin Washburn, Val, and Soph. That is a oh my lot god, I did not, not realize that's potrins. how many new ones there were. Potrin. Holy shit. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 new ones since we last recorded. That's insane. Thank you all Holy fuck. so much.
1: You're all wonderful. I also can't remember... Who it is, but someone was like, I'm binging right now, and as soon as I finish binging, I'm going up more than $2. And I was like, oh, aww. Oh. I'm sorry, she, I can't remember
0: who you well, are, but we will know. They'll hear us when eventually. <laughs> okay bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, the Vinicota, Austin Lay, Drew Finney, Perifiero, D, Megan Rowell, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins, Tim, Ryan Lucietti, Book Marvel, Changeling, MX. That is a plane. Stop it. Derek and Carissa, Savannah Simon, and Eric Zago? Zago? That person's new, right? I think so. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> Our $10 patrons are Kevin and Tessa at Dirty Uncle Kevin at Tessa underscore M underscore K. Arkness, who would like to promote Trevor Project. Benjamin Navarro, who would like to promote Tabletop Games. Anonymous, who would like to promote Halloween. Sarah McCauley, who would like to promote co- Podcasts from A Planet Weird. And my Aunt Jeannie, who would like to promote Christopher's Haven. I saw Our $15 Jeannie. $15 patrons. Yes, you I saw did see Jeannie. Jeannie the,
1: Jeannie the other day. And then she, S- in true. the same room, replied to like- an Instagram or a tweet and said I looked pretty but we were in the same room and I was like Jeannie <laughs> what's happening you nasty? could have just told me
0: to my face <laughs> um, our, our $50 patrons are Nathaniel White designs.com my mom Julie who would like to promote free mom hugs and she did hug you I saw her. her I hugged her many times <laughs> um Sarah Jones who was at Eternal Lolly Everywhere and Dragonfly what's Dragonfly promoting this week a good time little women <laughs> little women the tiniest of women so small oh. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more Rust in Your Ears. Until then, take good care of your little cows.